Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Stephanie Romanski. I'm doing Fiddler on the Roof, and there's the bit where Fruma Sarah comes out, and it's this very tall woman anyway who's also on a, on a ladder, yeah. know, pushing her around. Yeah. And we're not in costume, but she's like on the ladder. Yeah. And the this, choreo- is the, this is the nightmare sequence. Yeah, the nightmare sequence. Yeah. And the choreography is she's got to grab me by the shoulders, uh, uh, like move me to the right, move me to the left, and then throw me over, which is fine. Sarah, that- Sarah, Sarah, yeah, Sarah, exactly. Sarah. I go a little hard. I have a pen in my pocket and I jab it through my scrotum. <laughs> <gasps> which you, absolutely happened. You know, I think someday we need to do a <laughs> podcast on your bodily injury. No. Because your bodily injury stories are amazing. Yeah, so I had to go to the nurse and everything. <laughs> Did you carry on with the player? Not that stop? point. Okay. No, at that point, he, I'll tell you what, all systems tend to shut down when you punch it. So I don't know that did, kind of pain. Did you pull the pen out or did someone else? No, pull I it? did immediately. It yeah. was just kind of like, oh, God, what? Uh, oh, uh, you know. And, and, <laughs> did they get you in the balls or did you just get you in the people. sack? It, um, it was, I yeah. stabbed myself in the balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we stop, please? Yes. And, and I think that might I do remember that part in the play. I think you... maybe what happened is I just very rightfully said, I'm in a lot of pain and went to the point of the Beyond that, Do you carry a pen in your pocket play. anymore? <laughs> so, do that, do that. No, what was yes. the question? I'm sorry. Do, do you carry a pen in your pocket anymore? No, never. Never again. <laughs> I, I wear shirts with pockets and yeah, I carry around <laughs> binders and shit. No, never. <laughs> I, a lesson. Uh, yeah. Got, got a couple of nicknames from that one. Do a life. Do a life. Oh, my ball. <laughs> oh, I just stabbed my balls. My balls. My balls. To life. Oh, my balls to be. I'm laughing because Shannon's in the living room and I'm sure she just heard me say, I stabbed my ball. <laughs> and then she's scratching her head going, oh, mom. <laughs> And with that, welcome to the Atomic Rate of Cheese, where real life is called cinema, called cinema is frequently real life. I'm Mike. And Steph. You know, when I did theater or fiddler in back in high school, you know, nobody got stabbed in the ball. That's good. That's good. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Everything's fine, by the way. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> so wait a Two minute. Two kids you later. Were, were you Tevye? Yeah, I was Tevye. I was Laser Wolf. Ah, did that. So we could, we could do a rousing record to, to, uh-huh. to life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I can remember the lyrics, which I can't. I'm not saying I was good either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but, uh, I had so, fun. Yeah. So, the uh, thing that I remember about the production, like, sorry, this, no, we're, we're going to diverge. The scene where we're in the bar, and, and we're yeah. not, we were, but me and my Tevia were in the bar drinking, mm-hmm. and it was Will Langford. He took a shot, a drink of, of, of his whiskey or his vodka or whatever. Right. And he slammed it down, and it sloshed around, and it got up, and it hit him right in the eye. <laughs> And you're and we, like this is high school production. And we got these really shitty paste on beers. Oh right? yeah, we had those too. Yeah. Okay. And so I saw this, and like I was trying very hard not to bust out laughing because I knew if I busted out laughing, that beard would essentially <laughs> split and fall off my face. Yes. And so you're trying to keep it together, and you're trying to keep the scene going, and, <laughs> and there's just yeah, just this startled look, and like I said, it just nailed it right in the eye. <laughs> and luckily, it wasn't real vodka; it was just water. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh yeah, so, so awesome. oh my eye, my eye, yeah. 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 So eye trauma, ball trauma. Hey, oh, fiddler man. on the roof. Let's do the roof. Hey, button. there we go. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, the reason we're talking theater at all is I'm in the middle, little bit of a fun little theater, digital theater experience where uh, Town Hall Theater in San Francisco, California, is doing uh, a. Uh, a digital theater version of one of my novels, which Yay! is kind of cool. So the basic gist is Fantastic Land, which is basically written as an epistolary novel with people uh, um, uh, talking straight to camera. It's monologues, basically. And so they hired a bunch of actors, and some of these actors are real good. Like, like they're serious. They, they went to school for this stuff. Like, I talked to the director, who is all of, like, 22 years old, mm-hmm. and she, like, was just just, um, just really really on top of her game okay, and so yeah let's back up for a second how yeah. did this all come about so i was contacted on goodreads which i visit once every maybe fiscal quarter okay. you know, because i don't <laughs> like going there sure because if you go to the fantastic land page the first review is this very nice glowing review and it's got like 300 likes and right under it at 299 likes is the first line this book sucks and so <laughs> i don't like going to goodreads if i can avoid it but 
um, this woman named Michelle Ionero uh, from Town Hall contacted me, and she's like a she's a legit horror person. She's you know she does theater. It's it's her thing. You know it's it's her livelihood. And so they are, of course, not doing anything, not doing theater right now because of COVID. And so she was kicking around different ways to uh, do some sort of theater thing and came up with my novel. And so uh, I ran it past some people and everyone was cool with it. And we, you know, uh, and they're they're doing it. And the way it's going to work is right now they're releasing it in episodes. Then it's going to exist for a couple of weeks uh, past the last episode. And then it's going to go away forever because it's a piece of theater, sure. right? It's, it's not going to exist forever as a... Uh, as a uh, like a film property, it's theater. Has it started yet, or when does it premiere? Yep, it's we're we're on episode four or five right okay. now because okay. they released two in a chunk. Okay, so uh, so that would be episode six. Sure, yeah. Um, and they're the episodes are about thirty to forty five minutes a piece, and they're okay. going to be ten of them. Okay, so it's. Uh, so we'll get that to the end when we're done. Like people, where they can go to see it. Yeah, yeah, like we that. can okay. we can put a link and okay. and do all that. Yeah, sort of. absolutely. It's, I'll tell you what is cool is seeing these actors really break down stuff that I didn't think about. <laughs> okay, like, sure. They are so, so further into character than I was as the person doing the writing <laughs> that it's kind of humbling. So they're like, so uh, uh, the, the long, you know, the long arc of his character is, and it's like, man, that wasn't where, where my brain was, you know, but, <laughs> but there were some really fun people doing some really good work in it. And they gender swapped a lot of roles since they had a lot of women that they really liked in the roles. And, uh, um, it's just it's just been really cool okay. to, to kind of see and to watch professional people take your thing and do a thing with it. So, um, so that that's kind of the backdrop for the episode today, where we're going to be talking theater in general. So is it just kind of uh, so it's just I, I'm trying to think of like the right frame of reference. How is it so presented? Kind of like, art, kind of like no elaborate sets or anything. It's just people at a table talking. That that's crazy because that's that... part of it. But they did okay. do some sets and they did do okay. some costumes. Oh, and really, like some characters did fake tattoos and some characters did background settings and things like that. And mm -hmm. like, there are a couple scenes where characters interact and they had to match the backgrounds. And it's okay. like, I sat in on a bunch of these production meetings, just kind of, hey, you're doing my you know, <laughs> um, you're professionals. And, and it was cool to kind of see them solve those problems. So it, they had to film them remotely, obviously, but it's not just someone staring into a camera, you know, okay. at a table. There's a little bit more to it okay. than that. Or, and, uh, and that's cool. like, uh, dinner with Andre, just two guys yeah, sitting yeah. at a table talking. <laughs> yeah. And they intercut some stuff and Michelle who wrote it, uh, did a good job of condensing and cutting things together. So okay. the, the idea that the story comes about throughout, uh, uh, these people telling the story comes across really well in their production because you get to know the character. And then like the, the, the big, the best punchline and the one that's in the trailer is uh, the, the kind of villainish guy who thinks he's in charge is saying, I'm the only hero in this thing. And then they cut back to another guy who goes, Oh yeah, he totally killed a bunch of people. You know, that's sort of <laughs> and so they're, they're kind of, and some of these actors, I remember I was on a call uh, where they were doing some read throughs and in the other room, my parent or my parents, my uh, my um, wife and kids were watching the movie Soul, the Pixar movie Soul, oh, which I'm is really good that. if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the guys said, "Oh, they're watching that. I was in that." I'm like, oh, "What? Well, that's more cool, <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it's like that level of stuff." So it's very it's very fun to kind of uh, to kind of watch them do their thing. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's it's like amazing. Um, I think like just trying to take something like that and trying to hyper condense it down. What do they call that? Breaking the back of the story, or yeah, yeah. Try mm -hmm. to get that down. So that's cool. And it's it's um not just fun but humbling, you know, yeah. because they're, yeah. they're you know, it's like some people are really getting into it and like like you know going full on acting. It's like wow, you're doing stuff I can't do, you know. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I've been doing this all my life. It's sure. Like yeah, I went to school for this. I'm like oh okay, <laughs> so that's, that's why you're so good at it. I don't worry, I did. You never stabbed yourself in the balls during a production of Hitler, <laughs> did you? <laughs> so, you never know until you ask them. And, uh, uh, they just, might have. Which so. is just fine. But so. yeah, no, it's got to be exciting seeing things come to life. It like is. And, yeah, and, and uh, it's you got to kind of come at it as a piece of theater too, which is the thing I keep telling people because they're like, oh, they're doing a film version and I can watch okay. whenever. It's like, no, it's kind of this kind of weird hybrid thing where mm -hmm. it is filmed and you're watching on your TV, but they do want you to approach it as theater. And if okay. you approach it as theater and performance, it kind of plays off a lot better since there's not a lot of, for lack of a better term, production value, right? Sure, yeah. Sure. So there, there aren't people running so, around a, a theme park. Yeah. You did not to put you on the spot or anything or like to denigrate it at all, but has oh, yeah. there been anything? It's like, Ooh, I would, you know, did they do Ooh. something that she's like, Oh, I would have done that different or the, anything the, like that. When, when Michelle first called me about it, the thing I told her was, 
you are an artist and you're coming at my thing. So it doesn't matter. I, I, of course, if you want to turn it into a submarine musical, I'm probably going to have a little issue with it, you know, but if you come at it in the spirit in which it was intended, I'm going to, I'm going to be pretty cool. There's a great line from uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard where um, uh, the, the main character is talking about how he's writing scripts or whatever. And he brought an idea of Okies in the Dust Bowl and it wound up playing on a PT boat. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like, okay. <laughs> or like that uh, that Kevin Bacon movie, the uh what is it, the the big picture or something like oh, that. Sure, where it's yeah. like he has an idea and it turns yeah. into a into a beach party summer movie. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's like the Spider Man movie after six punch ups it turns into a dung beetle that farts fire. Yeah, exactly. Like so. so so the answer to your question is yes, there are things I do differently, but I'm I am perfectly happy to kind of say okay make your thing you yeah. know and, and and be cool about it so I mean, and, the book will still be there yeah exactly right? yeah. So. yeah i'm not i'm not too too okay. concerned okay although in in a fun twist twist of fate uh the book went out of print so anyway oh neat <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> you know what it reminds I me of my copy yeah, 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 so. it, it reminds me of um so, several years ago i was part of a like a podcast where we did um it was called um buffy between the lines where we wrote episodes of the show Buffy that took place in the summer break that the show went on. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. And everybody who took part, it was just audio only. So it was a podcast, but all the voice actors acted out <clears throat> the the show, basically, that was written by other people. I mean, it, it was a worldwide phenomenon where we'd all record our parts and send them to a, a central editor who would edit them all together. You were responsible for adding your own um, uh, sound effects and, and all that stuff in your scene uh, and whatever you did. Oh. It, it was really cool. And then the editors put it all together so that it was one cohesive show. Nice. Um, That's very so it seems cool. something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot Is of that fun. still out there? Yeah. Buffy Between the Lines and Angel Between the Lines. And I wrote one episode of it and I was an editor. <laughs> nice. Cool. Did you do any voice work? Yeah, I did some voice work. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, you can track that down. Link in description. <laughs> yes. Link in description. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> so coupled with the fact that they're making a piece of theater out of one of my books and that we are, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting a little brighter and Yay! maybe in the next couple months, we're going to be maybe. We got two out of three vaccinated here. Yeah. I, I had my first ah. vaccine last week and it kicked my ass or yesterday and it kicked my ass. Yeah. I had fever dreams all night, man. Yep. But and you're are you completely vaccinated, Steph? I'm half vaccinated. I just yep, got it too. last week, and all I got was a really sore arm for three days. <laughs> oh so man, I got the Moderna. I'm a I'm a Pfizer fanatic. My whole family Pfizer. Everybody in my family over here is now on their way to being fully vaccinated. My Woo-hoo! sister and brother in law are going to be able to open their inn, and um, yeah, that's really cool. It, it feels oh, like was, <sighs> yeah, like I was like we yeah we talk about this and this led you to get yours or whatever. And it's like well. I'm being patient. I mm-hmm. don't want to take anybody's shot. And it's like, I would just kind of like a ballpark figure yeah. win, you know, because like I said, I got friends all over the country. It's like, got my shot, got my shot. And it's like, aren't you I'm in one of the up. current groups that can get it, Chad? I think it start on this state starts tomorrow, uh, Monday or whatever, but it's like, yeah, like 50, and then it'll be like 50 to 64. They're going to start accepting that. And then what is but it they like? have the group that like if you have two what do they call, say comorbidities or whatever i would assume so you know i i recall putting that on the on the questionnaire thing or whatever it was like hypertension mm-hmm. and a couple other things but mm-hmm. like i said just haven't heard anything and so, i had to i had to get my own appointment i i had to right. go to the vax places yes, that's to call what I ended and, up doing and yeah. refreshing yeah. websites over and over and yeah. over yeah. and and not to sound uh how do I want to put it? Not to sound infantile, but my wife did it for me. <laughs> so one point yesterday, she, I saw some. I saw your thing, Chad, on Facebook, and yep. saw a couple other people in that I know who are younger than me getting vaccinated. And I'm like, so what? What gives? And I yeah, got I a little like, well, huffy. What am I doing wrong? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and apparently nothing. So. No. Well, and at this point too, the thing that was crazy is, and and <laughs> we can cut this out if you don't That's like okay. if you don't like vaccine talk, but. Um, <laughs> The, the basic gist was, and this is why I felt comfortable getting it, is when I called Hy-Vee, the, the local pharmacy uh, and grocery store here, they basically said, um, you can come and we're not going to turn you away. And I said, okay, why is that? And they, or, you know, what's the deal? And they basically said, we have already gotten all those people 65 and over. They're trickling in, but most of them are done. 
And so. Well, and otherwise said, they'll go to waste, won't they? Right. And what that said to me is that I'm not taking it away from someone else who needs it. Yeah. Right? yeah. And someone else said, like, don't think of it that way, because if you do get your shot, you're probably going to be becoming part of the, the vaccinated, right, the vaccinated right. immunity crowd. So you're actually, you are helping. Yeah, when you do that, yeah. so it's like I said, yeah, I'm willing to wait my turn. I would just kind of like to know, like at least a ballpark figure and when my turn is gonna be. Yep, and I, I didn't feel like I was taking it from anybody, yeah. and I've had conversations with other people, and they're like, yeah, ethically, we think you're okay, and maybe someone is going to be screaming at me right now listening <laughs> this podcast, going, "You fucking idiot!" You know, but I don't, I don't know. I, no, I, I, I think, think I, we did this ethically. No, I said, no, you're part of the solution. You're not part of the problem. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. But I said, yeah, it's like, I don't just give me a date. I don't care if it's a month away. Just give me a date. Yeah, That's all give I'm me asking. a date. Yep. Just so, start calling you, Chad, and just go get it done. Yeah, I know. I've got, <laughs> it sounds under the table too, but I have other, I have other uh, contacts. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Woohoo. And uh, might, uh, might be able to get it done sooner than later. So cool. I hope so. Yeah. All right. So this is. Yeah, because I'm, I'm yeah. ready for this to be over. Or just, yeah, just, yeah. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a movie theater. I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to go to a theater. There How's that go. for a transition? I'm going to see yeah, a I motherfucking mean, play, goddamn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we careen it back yeah. in on top of it. So, so we're going to be running. Here's what I think we should do is each go around the horn uh, uh, maybe two times and just give us a theater experience you've had um, that that just sticks in your head. Just something to get us through these next couple months to where people get back on stage again and we can see some freaking theater. So... So uh, if that works, Steph, you said you've uh, you've had some pretty great theater experiences in your life. Yeah, and all of it due to my friend Anne in London, who is a huge West End nerd. And every time she knows I'm coming over, she's who I stay with. And uh, she starts signing me up to go to all the plays with her. <laughs> so because I think she's desperate for people to go with, maybe. But um, the um, I've so I've seen several West End plays. Uh, over time uh, over the past 10 years or so and um my first one was i believe it was um seeing peter and alice with ben wishaw and judy dench no not yeah judy dench um it was a kind of a peter pan kind of thing and uh, it was amazing and got to meet ben Ben wishaw peter pan no he wasn't peter pan he the, the show was about the author who wrote peter pan okay and Alice, who was like the um, inspiration for Wendy. Ah. And Peter Pan is kind of like a background thing in the play. But it's more about their relationship and how they actually... No, the daughter. I forget. Oh, my God. It's been like eight years since I've seen it. But <laughs> it's been all good. <laughs> but it, it's not actually Peter Pan. It's about the author and his life. And it was kind of... He has kind of a tragic life. J.M. Barry cool. does. Um, Sounds awesome. so, what do you remember about it? Um, meeting Ben Wishaw afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was the day after I was on Graham Norton to see Benedict. So it was like oh, two man. days of pure joy, you know. Um, but, you know, and then later in that same trip, <laughs> I, um, my friend Anne took me to see Spam a lot in London. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> because I knew you were in Spam a lot and I was going to see it when I got back. Oh, no. We're going to be in it. I guess anyway. he's not as good in Spam a lot anyway. <laughs> and it was it. just as good, I swear. No, no, so no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I, I appreciate smaller scale local production yeah i really do community theater is fun yes i I said i have no problem with that it's like of course it's not going to be like going to lead or whatever and seeing like a big professional right whatever and but like i said no i don't i don't knock that and to me it's like sometimes the amateurism is half the fun yeah exactly exactly people people are having a ball and it's like you know knock yourself out i'll tell you what two of the hardest times i think i've ever laughed in my life was at grand island little theater productions you know i mean they they, when when they get on a on a vibe it's pretty great you know but (laughs) yeah man spam a lot on the west end would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty cool (laughs) so yeah what was warwick davis in it yet didn't he like come in or something uh not not when i saw it okay there was like a little cameo on tv from eric idol but Ah, yeah yeah they do that when uh, i won't spoil it i'll I was going to do another one that I was going to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about it yet. Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right, Chad, do you have a, a theater experience to get you through I the next couple just, months? Yeah. Um, 
this is this has been a long time ago, but this is like when uh, Les Mis first hit big. Mm-hmm. Saw it at the, like the Kennedy Center in Washington D.C. Whoa! And that was like that was my first big professional um, musical. And the thing that absolutely baffled my brain was the production design of that, and how the sets and the, the set was like this giant rotating set. Yep. The, the, and just spun the whole time, and they were moving things in and out. And the thing that always stuck with me more than anything was. Uh, the scene where Javert commits suicide and where he jumps off the bridge and like he steps off the bridge and like he doesn't fall, but the bridge rockets up, <laughs> you know, out of the thing. And you're just like, holy yeah. shyster, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I was in like a few high school productions and then you go from that, you know, and we just said community theater and high school productions are fine, but you go from that to that. And it's like, it's like a completely different experience though. And it's like, holy shite. Yep. And so, mm-hmm. and then later on, this is, this is another funny story. Um, saw it again in Lincoln. Okay. And it was pretty much the same cast. Hmm. But the thing that I remember about that uh, show, uh, I can't, what was the name of the song where the little kid's singing about when the pup grows up? Yeah. In the bar scene? He botched it. Oh, no. He skipped like an entire verse and his eyes got <laughs> huge. <laughs> there was just like this little bit of a hiccup in the orchestra pit and then they kind of recovered and they kept going. But wow. it's just like, holy crap. And so. That's the thing else I remember about that is like where our seats where you could kind of see down into the orchestra pit a little bit. And of course everybody's playing their scissors, but there was some dude, I don't know, he's playing the triangle or something. But he's sitting in the back and he's got his paper out. He's <laughs> yep, like yep. reading the paper, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that too. I remember like at some some theater thing I went to seeing somebody reading a book at intermission. Right. <laughs> it's like she's at work, you know, doing her thing. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, okay. So in 19, no, in two, yeah, 1998 or 1999, somewhere in there, uh, I, w- I was in New York, went to Broadway and saw Diary of Anne Frank okay. and it starred Natalie Portman. And so got to see wow. Natalie Portman play <laughs> Anne Frank, but not just that. Harris Bulin was her dad back when he was alive. Um, uh, he's best, um, You'd recognize him if you saw him. I'm uh, sure I would. Do you remember Ghostbusters 2, The Hanging Judge? Yes. The guy oh. Who, yeah, that yes. dude. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He was he was the dad. Uh, his sister was, um, oh, I had her name and it just floated away, but she was married to Macaulay Culkin for a mm-hmm. hot minute and she was a thing. Rachel Miner. Okay. And then, um, uh, unbeknownst to me, and I sat down and didn't really read the thing, read the program all that well, David Paymer came out in a small point at one part. I'm like, oh my God, it's the invaluable David Paymer, you know, from, from a star of stage and screen. And uh, they they were they were really, I mean, it's the Diary of Anne Frank, so it wasn't uplifting or happy or anything, sure. but it was pretty uh, a pretty great thing. But the thing that I loved about it was just the, uh, not reading the the, program real well and then david paymer just comes out and you're just like holy shit look at that guy (laughs) i know you from all those movies so i I thought that was and that's kind of the cool part of theater too is that like you know when they're talking the 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 air is interacting and and, you know just just the the energy is is not even crackling but just kind of there throughout the 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 theater and it's yeah it's just magical that way so that's great like yeah it's cool Steph, you want to go one more time around the horn? I could go fifteen times. More. You can go fifteen. <laughs> I'll pick a few that I've seen. Pick a few. You go. Yeah. My, my theatrical experience is pretty limited, so go right ahead. Well, I, my first real experience with theater, um, I was in. I think I think I was in junior high, and I was living in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and um, Richard Harris's Camelot was touring. Whoa. And it was at the Orpheum, and I with Richard Harris, with Richard Harris himself, yeah. and um, I got to be an usher for three performances. <laughs> so I I got to see it three times on stage, and it was just magical. And then of course I did the stage door thing. That was the start of doing stage door, and got to meet him. And my sister got to meet him, and it was it was just fucking fantastic. <laughs> that was, that was incredible. So how does um, the stage door thing work? You just do you have to know where the stage door is? Yeah, you kind of. Well, I mean, it, it, you you can. It's pretty obvious. Like like when I saw Ben Wishaw at um, the theater he was performing at, the stage door was like clearly marked because that's what people do on the west end. Right, they go right. to the stage door, so they're easy to find. But if it helps, you can scope them out before you go see the play. 
Um, and they're very strict about, you know, you must show your ticket for the show before you can't just stand there. <laughs> you dude hanging outside the theater. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So I knew where the stage door was from Orpheum because I was ushering. So I, when my parents came to see it with my sister, who was like three at the time, <laughs> um, we went to the stage door, of course, to meet, because my mother was one of those. Richard Harris was her Benedict Cumberbatch, really. Yeah. <laughs> she loved him. Um, you know, she used to draw him as, as art and everything. And, and so cool. she, she got to meet him. So that was amazing too. But that was like the start of my love for theater. Um, then uh, one of the most incredible ones that actually brought me to tears was seeing Hamilton live Yeah, um, sure. again in London. So that was the, the, the staging was just so freaking incredible. How does Hamilton play in London? Maybe not great. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. The big guffaws when King Ed or King George came on stage, and you know, I mean, really, a lot of the the uh, hype about Hamilton is bigger than the actual subject matter. I yeah. think, yeah. and um, and frankly, a lot of the people seeing the play are probably tourists from America anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, no, it was packed theater, hard to get tickets, and it was, it was a good production, but everyone. I don't know. It was just, it was really great. And then, let's see. Uh, I, want, I want to interject oh, something really fast yeah. about Camelot because I've been watching oh. the Muppet Show. Oh, yeah. Um, on us Disney. too. Us too. There's an episode with Pearl Bailey, and they were supposed to do their final number, was supposed to be a, a, a musical number from Camelot. They had the sets and everything ready to go. But it turns out they didn't have the, the license for the song. This is part of the show, right? <laughs> and so they kind of do this insane Broadway melody instead in the sets of Camelot. <laughs> this, this big mismatches of songs and it's hysterical. And it's one of the funniest things I saw on this show. So it's like, if you got Disney channel and you're watching the Muppet show, get to the Pearl Bailey episode. Good. That is just great. So that's really good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> the Muppet show is so freaking good. And anyway. it's just so off the soul. It's like, it's just so off the wall. It's like, you don't know what, and like half the stuff, it's like shit comes alive and starts eating things. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? But anyway, we watched uh, the one recently, not to get off to on tangent, but watched the one with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Oh where, yeah, where they interview they introduced him as the writer, director, and star of Rocky. Yep. So he wasn't Rambo yet. It was yep. this fascinating look into, and I, I imagine he had a say in how he introduced himself. So Scooter comes in and says, "Hey, Mr. Stallone, ten minutes or whatever," and he's playing a ukulele yep. and singing a song, and I'm like, "Oh my God, you freaking flower child, Sylvester Stallone." <laughs> I know what you're going to become, and it ain't what you're doing right now. <laughs> oh, so still funny. the Italian stallion. No, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> it's like that one, and we watched. Oh, that's just, it's just it's really good. Yeah, it's one of these things. I, it's like I don't know if this is going to age well because you know, like people aren't going to know who half these guest stars are. Yeah, but the thing is, like you know, back in the seventies, I didn't know who the hell half those people were either, and it didn't matter. And you, and then you learn. This is the Muppets, yeah. and so there you go. So anyway, Steph. Yeah. Back to you. <laughs> I love the Muppet Show. Yeah, my one of my favorite things from it was um they did a, a Johnny Cash song. Uh, they did uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky. Oh yeah. And I remember how haunting it kind of was because the Muppets yes. were all ghostly and the you know yes. and it was uh, really that, cool. Uh, Kenny Rogers, the Gambler. When, mm -hmm. when the, when oh, the, that, uh, that was yeah. good too. Yeah. yeah, that was like that. Those freak. Whenever the ghosts show up, that always used to freak me out when I was a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And then they did the Christmas Carol. And I'm like, ah, oh, that one's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Statler and Waldorf ghosts. They suck. <laughs> so but, but the plays that I've seen um, had a lot of big names in them that were just pretty much just cool to be able to be in the same room with uh, like Nicole Kidman, Kenneth oh, Branagh. Um, what did Branagh do that you saw? Um, he did two Shakespeare plays, A Winter's Tale and then another... Well, it wasn't a Shakespeare play. It was a like a, a farce type play that I can't remember the name of. But the thing that I remember, like in high school, like reading Shakespeare, didn't do anything for me. But then yeah. if you go see it, and it's like, oh, you need okay. to see I it. Get it. It needs to be visualized, right? And then seeing, um, I saw uh, the Tempest at Shakespeare's Globe Theater in London, and that was wow. Really that was Very with cool. Colm Morgan, the guy who plays Merlin on the show Merlin. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and Roger Allen, who I love yep, from uh, I love from uh, Cabin Allen. Pressure. <laughs> yep, from Cabin Pressure. Yep, yep, yep. 
So, I mean, yeah, I got more, but that's, that's enough. But yeah, yeah I, I, I love to. theater <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm lucky that I get the chance to see such great plays in London. I used a Roger Allen line the other day where someone was telling me they had a sore throat and they wish they had some citrus. And I said, let me check my citrus pocket. <laughs> now my emergency citrus pocket. You should have said the lemon is in play. <laughs> oh, I should have. Should have. <laughs> Love that guy. <clears throat> cool. Chad, you got another one? Well, they do, but it's, it's one of these things. It's like, I'm not really sure if this is theater or if this is a concert, but no, one, of the, one, of the, one of the greatest experiences I've ever had when I was a little kid is uh, it was at Exarbon and um, it was a show. It was uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Oh man! And, wow! Uh, I got to pet Trigger. <laughs> Trigger, Trigger six point or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so and cool. I got to, you got to sing with them, you know, and sing yeah. along with Roy and Roy and Dale, and got to sing Happy Trails, and it's like that's the that's like one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. Oh man! And so I was like that five is great. <laughs> yeah, I was like this is this is one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> and so I think I got wow. a kid when I was like uh, Dale Junior, I think. And I said, yeah, it was just kind of a uh, just singing. They'd come out and they'd do little skits, and mm-hmm. little little uh, little gunplay, and a little lasso play, and, and you know, and things like that. So it's like it's like is it a concert, is it a theater? I don't know, but it was one of the greatest experiences this five year old ever. Had. And so <laughs> that would and again, be really too, cool. it's like people, I don't know what the fudge Roy, Roy Rogers is anymore. It's yeah, like, it's, a, it's a big deal. Yeah. It was a big. That is, a, <laughs> I'm blown away. Yeah. I'm blown away. Yeah, that's so really at cool. Exarbon. That's so crazy. yeah, so so. I know my grandparents saw a lot of great stuff at Exarbon. They went all the time. I know. Like, I remember band. another one. I, another one I remember seeing. I've got to be out to see Soupy Sales. <laughs> 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 it was a great show. Well, have you ever gone back and looked at? And they have an exhibit at the Nebraska State Fair where they have all the people who used to come to the fair. Okay. And there were like some amazing acts, like uh, uh, Steve Martin showed up at the State Fair yeah, twice re- in the seventies. I remember that. Um, I uh, Dolly Parton came every other year, yeah. and every year that she wasn't there. Yeah, uh, one of my first concerts uh, I ever went to when I was a kid, we went saw with Johnny Cash. Yeah, Willie Nelson was, you yeah, know, or yeah. Johnny Cash, yeah. or you know, just some people that you would give your eye teeth to. Oh yeah, it was uh, the Osmonds, and the opening act was the Jackson Five. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. I was there. Yeah. Oh so. my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Concerts is a whole. So concerts. That's a whole other thing. Another episode. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So I, I'm going to close on on this one. Is that uh, okay? If I I've said this before in another podcast, but if I had a time machine, I would love to travel back to Broadway and sit with the first audience to watch Book of Mormon. Because uh, if you don't know Book of Mormon, it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the people who do South Park. And you know at some point the hammer's coming down, right? You know at some point they are just going to do something just god-awful, inappropriate, vulgar. <laughs> you know it's coming. And the first third of that musical is all Mormon politeness with a little bit of little bit of light ribbing. And, you know, oh, there's a little bit of racism here, but it's nothing you can't tolerate. And then they they nail Asadiga Ibawai. And oh, my God, does the hammer come down? And um, I I remember going to see Book of Mormon. Of course, Mm -hmm. it's been out like, you know, eight years at that point or whatever. And uh, uh, just watching the crowd more than watching what was happening on stage because what whatever it is about theater allowed them to do stuff that they wouldn't be able to do other i mean that show is like explicitly racist and terrible you know (laughs) and and uh at one point a bunch of the native uh uh uh, Ugandan men come out with, you know, basically with, uh, sporting huge dildos and, and do a whole big dance thing where they simulate <laughs> sex for like 10 minutes. And everyone's like, oh, it's Book of Mormon. It's great. It's Broadway. I'm like, dude, you know, this would, be, this would not get an R rating, yeah. you know, if you, if you put it in, in, a, in a movie. So there's something magic about sure. theater that that i guess allows them to to set a tone and get away with, sure. with stuff more and that's what i was going to talk about when you said there was a a tv uh appearance by eric idol um is that trey parker's the voice of god in that show oh and really so whenever god talks it's trey parker and you're like <laughs> oh, okay that's that's a little funny you know <laughs> but <laughs> just something about that show and then as the kicker uh, i did read the program that time and the book of mormon to, or the the latter-day saints took out an ad in the book saying you want to read the real book uh, go ahead and give us a call <laughs> and i'm like you know good on you mormons that's right. <laughs> good right. good on you good on you that was very cool well, you know now that i go ahead, sorry go ahead. now go that ahead. i think about it i think eric idol's cameo was him as god 
Yeah, so. I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> Funny. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before like before we wrap this up, yeah. let me put this out there. Do you guys have any bad theatrical experiences? Um, um I. I I don't well personally amateur whatever other other than me yeah. hurting myself you know yeah, oh, yeah besides getting stabbed in the ball <laughs> well I used to have to go watch shows uh, as part of my job for like six years mm-hmm. so I saw a few stinkers okay. and you didn't want to come right out and say they were stinkers because I am very forgiving of people giving of their time and energy to create art you know sure so I didn't want to be too bad but man I saw some bad yeah. <laughs> saw some stuff where it's like whoo glad that's over yeah you know? I know we talked we talked about this before but I. I think it was in high school and we had to go watch a college production of Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah. And it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It was, uh, there were a couple actors that kind of ruined the whole thing because they, you know, you know, there's that one college theater student. Yep. yep. And we are acting genius. And it's like, Oh, sit down. (laughs) And and it's like, there's really good actors. It's like, why aren't they in the lead? What, who is this? And it's like, she's probably banging the professor. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I didn't, that's terrible. But anyway. Well, Sondheim has never been my bag, really, though. Yeah. I mean, it's like people say he's a genius. And it's like, I, I suppose that if yeah. I were to dive into it, maybe I would understand better. But Melody, dude. I know. <laughs> you know that's he's like, it was, the movie came out with Johnny Depp and you wanted to watch it. And I was like, no. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's cool. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, no. It's cool. I'm not watching cool. that. Because I, I think that production kind of ruined that <laughs> for me. Because it's like, oh, God, I just... Close your eyes. I can still see it sometimes. Yeah. But anyway, so what? Well, the other thing, real quick too, is uh, I should save this for recommendations, but I'm not gonna. Are you guys familiar with the show that goes wrong? Yes, I saw it in London. <laughs> oh, it's so good, and it's on Amazon Prime. Did you know that? All their no. episodes are on Amazon no. Prime, and you can it, watch them. And is it kind of like Noises Off? No, Noises Off is brilliant. No, everything it's goes wrong. It's, okay. it's basically an inept theater troupe who do basically everything goes goes terribly, <laughs> horribly wrong. My, my yeah. favorite joke in the whole thing was at one point they're doing a World War II code breaking drama, <laughs> and they're working on a on a blackboard, and the guy flips over the blackboard, and on the back it says "Emergency Meeting: Spiraling Finances, <laughs> Terrible Performances, This Guy's Racist." <laughs> 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 sounds great it's just so specific oh, it's called the show that goes wrong and they do all sorts of genres and it's on netflix yeah it's on uh, amazon prime. amazon prime okay, okay. yeah it's and, great oh, i thought mine was the the play was the play that goes wrong and it was in a tiny basement theater off trafalgar square oh, <laughs> so, was it the original cast like all those yeah oh yeah. that's oh, so that's cool fantastic. yeah that was you can also google them on jimmy fallon where they did a bit with jj abrams which was weird mm-hmm. to me where basically the whole bit was they were going to come out and get interviewed by Jimmy Fallon, but one of the guys got tangled in the, in the curtain and they couldn't get his foot out of the curtain. So they had, had to move the desks, but it didn't really work. So one guy pretended to be the desk. And by the time they got everything sorted out, they were out of time. It was great. <laughs> they just basically fumbling around for two hours or for, you know, five minutes. Uh, Exceptional humor. I love yeah, it. They do a Christmas one where uh, Santa accidentally gets drunk and, one of, one of the elves gets stuck in the chimney and so at one point it's like all you have to do is click your heels together right elf and the other elf goes i'm in terrible pain <laughs> it's the best anyway i should have saved call that a doctor us. is there a doctor in the house yeah, the show that goes wrong anyway right. cool well i think that's going to do it for our quick theater uh, <laughs> quick theater wrap up but we will be back after the guitar noise with some recommendations and curtain calls hey, hey. hey. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back. So we're going to touch on some recommendations, which are what we've been uh, listening to, uh, reading, watching for the past couple weeks. Uh, Chad, why don't you go first? What do you got? Okay. uh, First thing up, I got got a couple, well, just a bunch of movies this time. Cool. Um, this one I found on Shutter. It's called Slacks. 
S-L-A-X-X. I, I saw your post oh on this. Oh, my God. That's what they said. You had me sold at a killer pair of pants, and uh, <laughs> and then it's like, I'm in because it's from the makers of Turbo Kid. Oh, it's like, hell Turbo yeah, I'm in. And so just the premise of the movie is, I don't know, have you ever read, I think it was The Mangler. Have you read that Stephen King story? Yes, I've read that. Where, like, just certain, somehow, through circumstances, certain ingredients get into uh-huh. this machine. And through some alchemy, it brings the machine to life. Yep. Basically, what happens is like some girl in <laughs> India falls into a cotton gin, and then oh, the blood God. gets mixed in the cotton, and the cotton becomes a pair of jeans, and the pair of jeans starts eating people. <laughs> and it's the, like the and, death bed. and it's the greatest thing ever. And its only weakness is Bollywood tunes. Oh no! So whenever Bollywood <laughs> tunes start, the jeans stop killing and start dancing. Oh, and that's it's, awesome! It's, and, and, and I wouldn't say the animation is great. But it's right for that kind of schlock. I don't and it's, think it has it's to amazing. be. Yeah. And no, it was it was silly and it was wonderful. So it's highly recommended. And that's on Shutter. Man, I recommend Shutter as a streaming service. It's cheap and you get a lot of content. Absolutely. And there was another one that on Shutter too. It was called the Mortuary Collection. This came out a couple of years ago. It's an anthology film, and I'm gonna sell it to you right away because the mortician who who acts as the wraparound is Clancy Brown. Oh yeah. And that's gonna Ooh. get you. And the stories as a mortician, right? Yeah. And the stories that they tell, it's like. It's like you've kind of heard these before, and you can probably smell out the twists or whatever, but the execution is really good. It's like, I want to see this guy. Um, I wrote it down. Ryan Spindell. He's the director. It's his first time out, and it's like, I want to see this guy make more horror films mm-hmm. because he's really good at it. Cool. And he liked my tweet when I said I liked the movie. Awesome. So, That's and then, always fun when that happens. Also, I did a double feature of, of an unmarried woman which is okay. a Criterion disc, because I've been watching a lot of Siskel and Ebert on YouTube, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those guys were absolutely shitting themselves over this movie back in the 70s. Huh. It's Paul Mazursky, kind of slice of life, arty-farty uh, woman gets divorced and okay. becomes her own person of power or whatever. It's really good. Jill Clayburgh is kind of one of those actresses is like, where the hell did she go? Yeah. Because she was really good. And that was a double feature as a follow-up. I watched Stuber. Stuber. I can't place with it. Khalil Numajani and oh yeah uh, and, uh, oh yeah and, and Dave Batista. Batista yeah oh god <laughs> no it's great <laughs> it was hysterical <laughs> it's like I said it's just the right kind of dumb it I'll, really is I'll tell you what I've noticed it's about the right it's like yeah. I said it's just it's the right kind of dumb and it's it's like a like a throwback eighties action movie and I dug it cool and so it's like I don't think Batista's quite at Schwarzenegger levels but I think he's getting there yeah well the thing about Nanjani that I've noticed is he tends to be the best thing in the mediocre thing that you're watching right like he was the only thing I laughed at in in that last men in black movie okay uh he um yeah what was it he did oh uh, I watched a movie of his with the called the lovebirds with him and Issa Rae and without him it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been the B minus it was. It would have been you know a lot a lot worse than that. You know, he just elevates material. No, like the big tell. sick was wonderful. Yeah, the big sick was. And great. Uh, oh, that one last thing. I know I'm always late to the party, but Shit's Creek. Oh yeah, was indeed hysterical. It was. I, I plowed through that whole thing in like three days. Yeah, it's, it's like, the best. This is awesome. So yeah, Eugene. Eugene uh, yeah, Eugene Levy is a genius. You know who looks good with age on him? Eugene Levy. Yeah. That that dude just. Yeah. Ugh. I'm glad he got redeemed for all those straight-to-video American Pie movies. Right. My God. <laughs> I didn't realize that was still a thing. I know. That's also my premiere. Like, there was a reunion movie, and it's like, oh, well, that makes sense, but it's like, oh. You know the thing that made me happy? Uh, I watched a thing where he got some sort of Canadian honor, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they cut to Kathleen O'Hara, and they said, uh, what's one word that describes um, Eugene Levy? And she goes, gentleman. Damn, that's cool. Aww. <laughs> I love to be described that way. Anyway, cool, Steph. What do you have uh, have for us the last couple of weeks? Um. Well, I have been. I fell down a rabbit hole, and um, I stumbled on this show called Secrets of the Castle with Ruth, Peter, and Tom, and that's the whole title. It's a um a British TV series, of course, um, that start that aired in 2014, but there are other series that more earlier than that in different time periods. Anyway, um, what it is, is two archaeologists and a historian, um, Peter, Tom, and Ruth, um, they take part in the medieval construction of a huge castle in France um, that they're building from scratch using only 12th or 13th century tools. That um, sounds interesting. It was, oh my God, I couldn't stop watching it. And then I had to watch everything these three have have done they have several series um there's um the it's the bbc historic farm series is what it is and they do the same thing they take six months or a year depending on what they're doing and they live in a time period as um in in the rural time period 
Okay. So there's um that's a difficult existence. Yep. Yeah, the first one was Tales from the Green Valley, and I I think that was in the that one was set. They were living in the 1600s, um, in near Portsmouth, England, and then there's Victorian Farm, Edwardian Farm, um, Tudor Monastery Farm, where they're yeah. kind of ruled over by a monk, uh, Benedictine monks. And then the, the last one I just watched was Wartime Farm, which is they live on a wartime farm um, during World War II. So you, ha- you you get to see regular people's history as right. opposed to the big names, you know, the kings and right. the queens and all that. You ha- you get to see how the regular folk lived and what how they washed, how they did their kept things clean, how they ran a farm what they had to do to survive basically and deal with. And I just couldn't stop watching all of them. And it's very graphic too, because they do talk about how they handled the animals and they show some of it. And so it's, it's sometimes it's a little hard to watch, but it's incredibly educational and has a lot of historical facts that I wouldn't have known just reading normal historical stuff. So they're on, some of them are on Amazon prime. And I think probably all of them are on YouTube. Easy to watch okay, if you're cool. interested. So, but yeah. What's it called again? Give me the full title. Um, well, the, the the one that started me off was Tales from the Castle, and they live in the 13th century um, France, where they're building this castle, and how and they lived on the castle area, and they use materials from a quarry nearby and the clay nearby, and um, just how they build this castle. <laughs> cool yeah ruth Ruth is ruth is like a she's like a domestic historian so like the stuff she specializes in are um domesticity basically you know housewives and and what they did and and how it worked and how they sewed and cooked and and, on all that stuff and the other two are archaeologists yeah yeah and she's she's pretty cool she's a um a consultant for the Shakespeare Globe Theater and has consulted on movies and stuff like, I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating, fascinating stuff. Cool. All right. So I have a a soft recommendation on a book and a hard recommendation if you're interested in the YouTube channel. So uh, uh, I, on the Amazon, um, Amazon Kindle has uh, sales every now and then, and I was able to pick up Bruce Campbell's latest for 99 cents, which is a series of essays. And Bruce Campbell writes his essays like he talks and lives. So it's <laughs> it's not any sort of surprise. He spends one whole chapter talking about forests and like uh, about how one of his neighbors built a whole forest. And it was kind of interesting, but it's also, you know, two pages on how he likes trees, which is good. I'm glad Bruce Campbell likes trees. Mm-hmm. Trees are good. And uh, uh, the, the highlight is the uh, his his celebrity encounters that that was a lot of fun just people that he really liked meeting and people who were jerks to him and he names names and it's like good for you bruce you know it's called cool side of the pillow essays for bruce campbell yeah pick it up if you want if it is it's not a glowing recommendation but you know what you're getting into right right so that was okay and then i found a youtube channel for for good and for ill uh i've been reading a, a little bit of creepypasta lately Right. So um, just Internet horror stories, things like that, and came across through the algorithm, this thing called Local 58. You heard about it? Mm-hmm. OK, the, the basic gist is it's it plays as a public access station, but the programming goes horribly, horribly wrong all the time. And some it's basically kind of a conceptual horror art project. But some of the stuff is really, uh, really gnarly. Okay. Like, like there's a whole bit where. At the end of their broadcast day, because Local 58 is like a, like a public access station, um, they accidentally run a, uh, like a, a PSA from the Johnson administration about how the USA has been overwhelmed and it's time for everyone to kill themselves. And so you get stuff like uh, lay in the victory position, feet together, head toward the sky on your front lawn or, you know, and, and it's all done in, the, in this particular style and it's creepy as, and it's done straight. So it's creepy as hell. Okay. And then it kind of takes on this weird Cthulian twist where the moon is actually a uh, kind of a, a giant living creature that is hypnotizing everybody <laughs> on the earth. So at some point there's, you know, uh, uh, two different forces trying to 
fight for control of local 58 and one of them is don't look out the window and the other one is yes go look at the moon you know and it, and it gets weirder and weirder and darker and darker they've got this other one just called children's programming where this skeleton called muerte which is just an awesome name for a skeleton is dancing along a graveyard and comes across a grave and thinks maybe there's a pretty girl in the grave so he looks down and it's this horrible terrible cthulian like being and he gets sadder and sadder and sadder until the moon finally turns him back into a ray it's it's um, like I said, it's conceptual horror art, and I'm down for it. Yeah, so. I'm sorry. I was just I was just thinking of uh, 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 Clint Howard in um, <laughs> that one stupid ass Uwe Boll movie, <laughs> the, the uh, Island of Island Mortal, yeah, 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 Island yeah. of Murder, and it's like where his wasn't your hook on the yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hook on the other end, but anyway. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's where my brain goes. Oh God, that movie, Book of the Dead. Is it Book of the Dead? I don't Island, know. Island, it doesn't matter. Uwe Boll can go jump off the cliff. There he is. <laughs> But he gave money. Screw you, Uwe. Anyway, Local 58. And the the way I found it, too, was like there are explainers which will walk you through the stuff, which is probably, you know, it depending on your mileage. Like one of them is a uh, is just a guy following a GPS thing for for like 20 minutes. And at the end, there's something, you know, and, and it's like it, it's terrifying but maybe you're not down for a 20 minute car ride where nothing happens till the end and you want to watch an explanation of what this guy was getting to and how all the videos tie together sure. and everything like that. You can do that and that's cool too. So anyway, local 58. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you for listening. Go see some theater once you're vaccinated and uh, we will catch up with you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. been listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at awoc podcast see us on facebook at facebook.com slash atomic weight of cheese or shoot us an email at atomic weight of cheese at gmail.com we love your feedback